Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the program. We're broadcasting live on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. Our Twitch feed is still on the injured list. Hopefully it will be activated soon. Hey, let's talk about the weather. 70 degrees as we start the program from downtown South Bend, Indiana. Sun is starting to set. It has been a beautiful day here in the area. I'm looking at my weather app right now. The graphic shows 70 degrees and sunshine. The panel right below it. Expected snowfall, mix of rain and snow showers on Saturday. Of course it will. No home football this week to worry about though. The Irish in Baltimore on Saturday. An early start once again just like the Syracuse game two weeks ago. The Irish and the United States Naval Academy will kick things off at noon at the home of the Baltimore Ravens. And the Fighting Irish right now are favored by 15. I think it opened up right around 17 and a half, 18. So a little bit of money coming in on the old midshipmen. Maybe people are thinking that the Irish coming off that big win might let down against the old midshipmen. And you know what? It is something to be concerned about. I would imagine most coaching staffs are harder on their football team the week following a big win compared to the days leading in to that chance to post a big win. I would imagine the coaching staff is probably testing these players, pushing these players more this week than last week because it is so easy to let down in this spot. 
You beat the number four team of the country, a team that has been circled on your schedule, Clemson, since probably before the start of the year. A huge game in prime time. Big Notre Dame fan base turnout for that game at Notre Dame Stadium. You get the win by 21, and here comes old Navy next up on the schedule. And it's a road trip following that big win. So you worry about the team being a little sleepy coming out of the gates. That's why I'm imagining Coach Freeman and the staff have probably been extra harder on the players this week. And very understandable. Ten minutes after 5 o'clock. Great to have you on board. We're on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. We have a scheduling change tonight that we want to tell you about. Or for those of you that were with us last night, remind you. This is your home for Notre Dame basketball, except for tonight when the Marcus Freeman Show takes place. So here is what we have in store for you right here on WSBT Radio following Sports Beat at 7 o'clock. It is the Marcus Freeman Show. Then at 8 o'clock, we join Westwood One's coverage of the National Football League. It is Thursday night football, an NFC South matchup. A rematch of a game a couple of weeks ago that was absolutely out of control. Crazy one by the Falcons in overtime at home. The Atlanta Falcons visiting the Carolina Panthers. And that new Black Panther movie, I think, comes out tonight. Coincidence or not, the Panthers are debuting. They're all black uniforms and brand new black helmet tonight as they'll take on the Falcons at home. So Falcons and Panthers, 8-15 kick right here on WSBT Radio. Mike Bray's Fighting Irish Basketball Team normally right here on WSBT Radio tonight. We are shifting them over to our sister station, 96-1 the ton. Tony Simeone will have the call. The pregame will begin at 7:30, and the opening tap comes your way at 8 o'clock from Purcell Pavilion. The season opener for the Fighting Irish. They will take on the Highlanders of Radford, who gave Marquette a pretty good tussle on Monday night. In the second half, Radford was only down three, ended up losing 79-69 in Milwaukee. So the Irish will be without their transfer guard, Marcus Hammond, dealing with an MCL injury. Hopefully he'll be back next week. So it'll be Trey Wirtz moving into the starting lineup for the Fighting Irish tonight as they open up against Radford. So there you go. Marcus Freeman at 7 Panthers-Falcons at 8 here on WSBT Radio. Irish and Highlanders. College hoops move to 96-1 the ton tonight, 7.30 pregame, and an 8 o'clock opening tap. We'll have a quiz later. All right, 5-12 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the wide of his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our first pitch tonight to you is Marcus Freeman's update of his Fighting Irish football team. Held a Zoom call with the media earlier today. One final time to hear from the Irish head coach before. He runs out of the tunnel in Baltimore, leading his Fighting Irish up against the United States Naval Academy. We'll start with some injury news. Notre Dame starting safety and punt returner, Brandon Joseph. Listed as questionable on Monday, downgraded to doubtful today by Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. 
Joseph is dealing with an ankle injury. So on punt returns, the Irish will turn back the clock and bring in Matt Salerno if Joseph can't go. Coach Freeman today also said that defensive end Justin Adebiola got a little dinged up at the end of the Clemson game, but looking good, should be ready to go Saturday against Navy. Coach Freeman also spent a little time talking about wide receiver Lorenzo Styles. The sophomore has had an up-and-down year. Five drops by Styles this season. Only 24 catches for 292 yards and a touchdown. Had another drop against Clemson last Saturday. And Coach Freeman compared Styles' drops to the situation that he and his coaching staff dealt with a couple of weeks ago with running back Audric Estime as he put the football on the ground three times in four contests. Last two games, it appears that issue has been rectified. Coach Freeman says he has not lost confidence in Styles, just like he did not lose confidence in Estime, even though he had three fumbles in four games. For Styles, his last four games, now keep in mind the passing game has been on the downside in those four games. Five catches for Styles for just 32 yards and did not have a catch in the Irish win over Clemson. I mentioned a moment ago, I wouldn't doubt this coaching staff was harder on the players this week compared to last week, trying to get their attention, get them ready to roll against Navy. You don't want to just give back the win you had over Clemson by losing to the midshipmen, so Marcus Freeman knows he has to have his group ready to roll Saturday at noon. You know what, as I told them on Sunday, um, you know, wins are – are, are short-lived around here, you know, especially during the middle of the season. And uh, it's the same thing after a loss in it. You have to move forward. You have to learn from every opportunity you can from the game, um, but understand the next opponent is on the horizon. And so, you know, defensively, it's 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 pretty easy to move forward because you it's a, it's a totally different offense that you have to prepare for. Offensively, it's it's the ability to turn on the film and say, okay, this team, this defense does some different things. They're really good at stopping a run. It's another challenge. And so um, I think our team understands that we're on a destination for improvement. We have to continue to find ways to get better. And the win versus Clemson cannot be the ceiling of, of this football program or of this season. We have to continue to um, improve. And so that's been the challenge is to, you know, continue to stay focused and, and not let praise or criticism um, really sway on one way or the other and how they work and not let a victory defeat sway on one way or the other in terms of how to work, but to continue to understand how hard and intentional we have to work to improve. And uh, we've had a really good week of practice to so go out there and have another good day, hopefully today. And uh, we've got a tough opponent on Saturday. We've got to be ready to roll. Well, Coach Freeman is very familiar with the United States Naval Academy from his time as the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Conference mates in the American Athletic Conference. And Coach Freeman today spent a little time reminiscing about an initial matchup with Navy as a part of that Cincinnati staff in 2017, and things did not go well. In fact, 
it almost feels like as you hear Marcus talk about that 2017 game, it's one of those games that was so bad you remember every single detail because from time to time it might wake you up in the middle of the night even though five seasons have passed. But the point is you have to be on point. You have to have answers for everything that this triple option attack is going to throw at you. So this is Coach Freeman going down memory lane facing Navy as the coordinator at Cincinnati. Yeah, to be exact, we gave up 569 yards rushing versus Navy in 2017 when I was in Cincinnati. Um, that will be a number that I'll never forget. Um, and it was a long day. And uh, what I didn't have that day is is, is answers. And uh, that's a helpless feeling. And that's uh, something that personally... I wanted to make sure that I continued to find different answers to really try to figure out how they think offensively or not just how they think, but how the triple option really works and the different things are looking for. And again, they're not just running the triple option. They do a lot of different things. Um, their offense has expanded, but the ability to just understand a little bit more uh, the offensive side of the ball in terms of what they're looking for um, and, and the, in turn help us defensively to make sure we're finding better, better ways to defend it. But for me, the biggest thing was we needed answers. I needed answers to say, okay, if this isn't working, if they're having success on this play, what are different ways that you can attack it and challenge it? And, and that's kind of how I've grown from 2017 to now. And, and the, the great thing for me was last year, be able to come here and, and you know, really collaborate with a, a group of guys with Mike Elston and those guys that were here um, that have played Navy for, for many years. And so we enhanced our, our package last year. And then this year to add Al Golden's expertise and what he did um, at Temple and at Miami, Florida, um, to add that to what we did last year, again, hopefully that will enhance our package and, and in turn help us with our execution on Saturday. So continuing to grow. Right. And, and that's something that you you guys hear me say often is that it's growth and it's enhancement. Like if we do the same thing we did last year, I do the same thing I did in 2018 um, when we, we played Navy really well. Then I guess at some point they'll pass you by because these coaches every year find ways to enhance their offensive scheme. And uh, that's what we have to do defensively. A lot of experience on that Irish defensive coaching staff. As they get set to take on Navy, and this group very familiar with the triple option attack of the United States Naval Academy. Darren Pritchett with you. Sports Speed 520 is our time. Notre Dame Navy, Saturday at noon, right here on WSBT Radio. Well, it's really cool to see that a couple of area players are helping Notre Dame's defense prepare for Navy. If you were with me on last night's program, Mishawaka head football coach Keith Kinder joined me for a conversation on his caveman taking on Fort Wayne Snyder in a regional game tomorrow night at 7.30 from Steel Stadium. And he also mentioned that last year's starting quarterback at Mishawaka, Justin Fisher, is a part of the Notre Dame football team. And Fisher, according to Coach Kinder, is working out as Navy's fullback on the scout team, preparing the Notre Dame defense for Navy's offense. Also, you factor in New Prairie quarterback Chase Ketterer. Once again, is handling the quarterback duties. You've got two experienced guys in that style of play helping the Notre Dame football team 
get ready for this matchup on Saturday? Extremely uh, valuable and important this week. Um, Chase was here when I got here last year, but ran the uh, scout team quarterback uh, for Navy last year and um, did it this year. And then Justin uh, was our fullback this year, but but Justin was was specifically sought out for this being one of the, the reasons. We we know we play Navy every year, and you need guys that understand uh, that offense and that type of system. So uh, both of those guys have been extremely valuable this week. Good work by Chase and Justin getting the Notre Dame defense ready for Navy. Finally, Coach Freeman was asked about some news that broke since he met the media on Monday. Wide receiver Joe Wilkins Jr. announced on social media earlier this week that he is headed to the transfer portal. He wants to play one more year of college football, and it will not be with the fighting hours. This is a guy that got dinged up last year, injured again in the spring, overcame the injuries. I kind of felt like coming into this season, he was going to be a backup wide receiver for this football team. I always thought it was going to be difficult for him to break through into the rotation, and that turned out to be the case. And Wilkins, despite there's a couple of weeks left in the season, decided to call it quits with the Fighting Irish football team, and he'll start looking for a new home when the portal opens up in December. And Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman had this to say about Wilkins' decision to leave the football team. That's a decision he made, um, and uh, there was no influence I really could have had on that. His mind was made up um, when he told me that he had planned to to enter to the transfer portal. Um, And that was a decision that that was totally up to Joe. You know, as far as what could he have done, you know, Joe worked tirelessly. You know, he he continued to work hard and continue to find ways to improve. Um, At the end of the day, you know, it's the job of every coach on his coaching staff is to um, put the guys on the field that we feel give us the best opportunity to have success, you know, and and Joe was playing probably not as much as he wanted. Um, And so we made the decision to make a change. And so um, that's really all I have to say about that situation. Um, But love Joe and love what he's done for this program and, and wish him all the best. It will be interesting to see what type of offers Wilkins might get. Maybe not from Power 5 conference teams, but the next level down. I did notice on Twitter yesterday someone was reporting that former Irish interior defensive lineman Jacob Lacey may have found a new home. Again, the transfer portal. I think officially kind of gets rolling in December, but I guess he visited Oklahoma. Maybe there's a chance Jacob Lacey ends up with that Sooner football team that's looking for a lot of answers on the defensive side of the football, despite having former Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables as their new head coach. So those were some of the highlights of Marcus Freeman's Zoom call with the Notre Dame media earlier today. Again, Brandon Joseph, the Irish safety, downgraded to doubtful with an ankle injury, but good news, defensive end Justin Adaviola should be ready to roll against Navy, who is averaging 236 yards per game. A couple of years ago, they averaged 360 
yards per game. They've been a little down the last couple of years running the football. Only put up six points against the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium last year. Navy and Notre Dame Saturday at noon from Baltimore right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Still to come on the program, our Twitter question of the day. We'll take a look at Week 10 of the NFL, five keys for the Irish offense to have success against Navy. We've got our Notre Dame football opponent rankings, a Notre Dame basketball segment tonight with their season opener at Purcell Pavilion at 8 o'clock, interviews with Notre Dame guard Cormac Ryan and also guard Marcus Hammond, who will not play tonight due to a knee injury. Also at 6.40 tonight, a live conversation with Notre Dame women's soccer coach Nate Norman. The Irish are a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they are hosting Omaha on Saturday at 2 o'clock at Alumni Stadium. Tickets are available for that game, so we'll talk to Coach Norman at 6.40. All coming up on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, I'm a- Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Find out everything that you want to know about Notre Dame football with the Marcus Freeman Show tonight at 7 o'clock. Coach Freeman answers questions from the media and previews this weekend's game against Navy. Brought to you by Perkins Restaurant and Bakery, Centier Bank, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, Floor Coverings International, and Godfrey Marine. And don't forget, you can hear Coach Freeman's Monday press conference live right here on WSBT Radio, Monday at noon. Brought to you by Centier Bank, Floor Coverings International, and Godfrey Marine. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 28 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. Thanks for joining me on this Thursday, November the 10th of 2022. Each weekday on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. I post a Twitter question of the day this time of the year. It centers around Notre Dame football. Yesterday, I asked you this. Based on the various bowl projections, which Notre Dame opponent bowl game interests you the most? So here were the choices based on, again, of some of the media projections. The first is the Gator Bowl where the Irish would take on the Florida Gators out of the Southeastern Conference. Another option, the ReliaQuest Bowl against Mike Leach and Mississippi State from the Southeastern Conference. Another option, the Holiday Bowl against the Pac-12's Utah Utes. And your fourth choice, the Duke Mayo Bowl featuring from the Big Ten, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. You voted. Here are the results. A distant fourth place, 
the Duke Mayo Bowl, Notre Dame taking on Minnesota. The Irish would rout the Gophers. If you want a win in the bowl game, you're not interested in the best possible matchup, Minnesota would be a W guarantee. Third place in the voting, the ReliaQuest Bowl against the Bulldogs from Mississippi State. Notre Dame might run it 50 times. Mississippi State would throw it 50 times. Opposites attract in that bowl game. That was kind of my choice just because I'm a media member covering the team and getting a month of Mike Leach press conferences. That would be a lot of fun. We'd learn a lot about life during those press conferences. Well, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, that got 14.3% of the vote. Second place in the voting, 21.4% would be a matchup between Notre Dame and Utah in the Holiday Bowl. It would be the first time that the Irish would play in the Holiday Bowl. It's always been a Big Ten team in that matchup. Against, I want to say like Pac-12 out in San Diego, not a bad place to be. But 21.4% Notre Dame-Utah. Boy, Utah had a wild Rose Bowl against Ohio State. Up double digits, lost that game. What, C.J. Stroud, six touchdown passes, if I remember right? But the clear winner, the game that you're most interested in, it would be the old Florida Gators taking on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. It seems like yesterday, Jerome Bettis and the Irish taking on the Gators in the Sugar Bowl. Florida... Not great at this point. Billy Napier trying to turn around that program. He left the Ragin' Cajuns from Louisiana for the Florida Gators. But in terms of name recognition, no doubt Notre Dame, Florida, you'd get a lot of eyeballs on that game. And that's the game you like, 60.7%. Say bring it on, Notre Dame and Florida. Thank you for voting. Greatly appreciate it. Now it's time for today's question. And this is probably one of those questions I need more space on Twitter to fully develop the question. So I hope I understand what I'm getting at by the way I asked the question on Twitter. But basically it comes down to this. As a Notre Dame football fan, do you look at the Navy game differently from other opponents? And what I mean by that is, out of respect to those midshipmen, some of those individuals are going to be protecting our country, the future of our freedom. There's a little something extra when you play against Navy, Army, Air Force. So that's what I was trying to get at. Do you look at this game a little differently? And the two choices were basically, I want Notre Dame to win and not concerned about the score. Just go out, win the game easily. The other choice is I want Notre Dame to win, but out of respect to the midshipmen, it's kind of fun when it's a competitive game. You almost hate to blow out these guys. We'll see where that vote goes. I'm kind of curious. You can vote right now. Vote tomorrow on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. My dad was in the Navy, a part of the Korean War, so I always get a little goosebumpy when Navy runs out onto the field at Notre Dame Stadium and I always wish them well. It's like you want Notre Dame to win but you don't want Navy to look bad either from my standpoint but you still as a fan you want the Fighting Irish 
to win the game. So we'll see how that vote turns out. It is 538 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. What are the keys for the Irish offense to have success against Navy? I picked out five answers for that coming up in just a little bit. A rundown of what the Notre Dame opponents have been up to recently. A lot of them are heading in the wrong direction. We'll go through our opponent rankings coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the National Football League because Week 10 starts tonight down in Charlotte, Falcons and Panthers. We'll go through the schedule for this week and pick some winners next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, the fall edition of Radio Bingo is here. Michiana's virtual double bingo game has $5,000 worth of cash prizes that you can get your hands on. Grab your bingo card and play for the big cash jackpots at michianabingo.com. And don't forget to use the Camden Appliance free space in the center. And the jackpot will grow daily by 50 bucks. For rules and bingo cards, go to michianabingo.com. We had a $700 winner Last week, Michiana's virtual double bingo game is brought to you in part by Pet Refuge, Weaver Insurance, The Village at Arborwood, Kyle's Towing and Recovery, and ABC 57. 60 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Welcome back to the program. Darren Pritchett with you. I'm ready to go for week 10 in the National Football League. Week 10 already? Didn't it just start? As you get older, is it just me? But the football season just flies by. Amazing. All right, let's set up week 10 in the National Football League. Went eight and five on the picks last week. We start tonight, the Falcons and the Panthers. My good friend, Michael Bonner, who used to work for Fighting Irish Media. He is in charge of all things video board down at the Panthers Stadium. One of the individuals that came up with that cool panther that looked like he was running around the stadium, that graphic. Don't know if you saw it last year. That was really, really cool. Falcons, Panthers tonight. They played a wacky game in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. That was the game DJ Moore got the Hail Mary pass with, what, 19 seconds left? Took his helmet off and got flagged for a penalty. 15-yard walk-off. The extra point was missed. The game went into overtime. Panthers missed field goals. Falcons eventually won somehow, some way, in overtime. Falcons favored by two and a half tonight. If you're into over-unders, I know the under's been hitting in primetime games at over a 60% clip due to that hurricane down in that neck of the woods. Apparently winds could be 20 to 25 mile per hour tonight which will affect the quarterbacks. I think that's still okay with Atlanta. They run the ball pretty well with Cordell Patterson. I'm going Falcons tonight over the Panthers. We've got a game in Germany Sunday morning. The Seattle Seahawks taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are favored by three over under 44 and a half. The Seahawks, the big surprise of the National Football League. Geno Smith is playing like a top 10 quarterback right now. 
in the National Football League. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks drafted extremely well. Their rookie class is ballin'. Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, probably is going to be the offensive rookie of the year in the National Football League. Bucks back against the wall last week, rallied to beat the Rams. I think the Seahawks take down Tampa Bay in Munich Sunday morning. I'll go with Seattle. Jaguars at Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Kansas City had to pull one out of the fire at home against Tennessee last week in overtime. Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. Las Vegas feels like there's going to be a lot of points in this game. 50 and a half is the over-under. Jaguars figured out a way to beat Las Vegas at home last week from down 17 to win. Travis Etienne, the former Clemson running back, is running wild right now. But I'll take the Chiefs in this matchup at Arrowhead. Browns and Dolphins. Nick Chubb, Browns running back. Bradley Chubb, new Dolphins defensive end. The brothers square off. Browns and Dolphins in Miami. The Dolphins favored by three and a half, over under 48 and a half. Tua Tagovailoa is very accurate throwing the football. He's one of the best getting the ball down the field, and why not with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to throw the football to. Browns can slow the game down with their running game, but I'll go Miami in this spot against Cleveland. Houston Texans at the New York Football Giants. Lovey Smith won six and one as head coach of the Texans. Oof. Their quarterback play has not been going well after some promise late last year. The G-Men, this could be a big game for Saquon Barkley. If you've got Barkley in fantasy football, he might be able to put up some big numbers in this game. Giants favored by just four and a half, over under 47. I'm going with the G-Men over the Texans. This game is tricky. Vikings at Bills. Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, has an elbow injury. Will he play? We don't know. He didn't practice yesterday. It could be Case Keenum in charge of that Bills offense. The spread was five and a half for Buffalo. I think it's down to three and a half now with the uncertainty of Allen. Sure seems like he's not going to play. I'm basing my pick on the fact Case Keenum will start for Buffalo. I'm still taking Buffalo at home over the Vikings. Broncos at Titans in Music City. The Titans are favored by two points over Denver, over under just 37. We're not sure if Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill will start at quarterback for the Titans in this game. There's a wonderful walk over the Cumberland River. There's a bridge you can walk over right by that stadium. I think running games are going to be vital in this ball game. Both teams are going to try to run the heck out of the football. Titans favored by two. I'm going to say Denver upsets Tennessee. It's not a homer pick. I'm a Bronco fan, but this just seems like it's going to be a funky game. Lions at Bears. Bears favored by three to four points, over under 48 and a half. They've got Justin Fields running the football. Highly effective addition to the offense. Something, didn't we talk about this last year? 
Why don't they use Fields running the football? Luke Getzey, the new coordinator, is. And now look at this Bears offense get better. I'll take Detroit at home. I'm sorry, I'll take the Bears at home over Detroit. Saints at Steelers. This is just a coin flip game. Saints by one and a half. Both teams looking for better quarterback play. I'm just going to go with the home team, Pittsburgh, to take down the Saints. I'm just going to pick against the Saints until Andy Dalton is replaced as their starting quarterback. Oh, boy. Colts at Raiders. People are putting money on the Colts. I think some of the the Sharks are going with the Colts because this number is going down. Yesterday, Las Vegas favored by six. It's now Las Vegas favored by five. Hmm. Waller, the great Raiders tied in on the injured list. They're banged up in their wide receiving core. They have Devontae Adams still. Jeff Saturday, interim head coach, first-time play caller on offense. I just can't pick the Colts in this spot, even though the spread is telling me people are wagering on the Colts. I just got to assume the Raiders win this game, right? What has Fox been doing the last two weeks? They have been pumping up Cowboys-Packers like it's the NFC Championship game. Even in prime time, they're running promos. The matchup, reborn. Packers are terrible. Three and six. Cowboys at Packers. Cowboys favored by five. I'll take Dallas. Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, going back to Lambeau where the Packers fired him at midseason a few years ago. He might have a big smile on his face after this game. I'll go Cowboys. Cardinals at Rams. Rams favored by a point and a half. Keep in mind, Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback, just went into concussion protocol midweek. We don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. I picked the Rams before Stafford went into the protocol. I'm going to flip to Arizona, assuming Stafford doesn't play. Chargers at 49ers. I think this is going to be a fun game Sunday night. 49ers defense against Justin Herbert. You take a look at Christian McCaffrey acquired by the Niners to be their running back. That's been an outstanding addition. You team him with Samuel, and that is a scary, scary running game for San Francisco. Plus, of course, Samuel great at catching the football as well. San Francisco by seven, over under 45 and a half. I think the 49ers win outright at home over the Chargers. And finally, Monday night, NFC East matchup. Commanders at Eagles, Philadelphia favored by 10 and a half. Eagles already beat the Commanders in D.C. earlier this year. And the game that you'll hear on WSBT Radio Monday night, I think the Eagles take care of the Commanders. Not sure they cover the 10 and a half, but I think the Eagles win outright. That's a look at week 10 and the National Football League. You can hear Bears football on Quality Rock 94.3 FM, Colts football on 96.1 The Ton, NFL primetime games right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Five keys for the Irish offense to have fun Saturday in Baltimore. That's next on WSBT. One question, five answers. 
This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett back with you, 558. Today's My Five, the five things that could help the Fighting Fighting Irish offense have success against Navy's defense Saturday in Baltimore. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. I feel like I need to say this because it was brought up to Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese. I don't believe in jinxes, but sometimes there are certain things that can be left alone. Number five, the offensive line for Notre Dame staying healthy. It was brought up to both that, hey, this unit's been very healthy ever since Patterson got dinged up in fall camp. Got healthy as the season progressed. Probably is still a little dinged up, actually, but that offensive line playing well. Let's hope for health and continued bulldozing by this group. It's been interesting to hear the coaching staff of Notre Dame talking about how Navy will do a lot of shifting different looks to try to stop the run. The Irish communication on the offensive line has been getting so much better and better as the season goes on. I think Notre Dame will be fine running the football, but after it was brought up to the coaches, let's all knock on wood that that group stays healthy. Four. Stick with your identity. Sorry it's a boring answer, but it's a good answer. Notre Dame has found their identity on the offensive side of the football, and that is running the football early and often. Would not surprise me if they're back over 40 carries again in this game, even though this is normally a game where offensive possessions are limited because of Navy's rushing attack. If they run the ball, they can eat up a lot of time and shorten the game. But I still think the Irish will have 40 carries in this game, and I think they'll have success running the football. Even though Navy's pass efficiency defense is horrible, you might see a few more passes from Drew Pine in this game, but as they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Use your identity. Run the football at will. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Number three is reigniting Lorenzo Styles. We talked about him in the opening segment. Marcus Freeman mentioned today he has not lost confidence in Styles, who has dropped five passes this year, including one against Clemson. He has been very quiet the last four games, five catches for 32 yards, only 24 catches on the season after he had eight catches and a touchdown against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl to end last year. It felt like that would catapult him into being the number one wide receiver on this football team. Well, it's not been smooth for the sophomore. I wish they could put him in the slot. I know they are limited for outside receivers, but he seemed to blossom once Avery Davis went down last year. I'd just like to see if you could maybe kickstart him by throwing him in the slot against Navy. Number two. Notre Dame offense could sure use a really solid day from quarterback Drew Pine. Not necessarily for this game, but just looking ahead to that USC contest. Pine right at 49% completion percentage the last four games, 9 of 17 in the win over Clemson. The running game 
defense, special teams has been great. Passing game still scuffling at this particular time. It would just be nice for Drew, Coach Reese, the entire offense to get a little bit more out of the passing game because you'd like to have that at least as something that would scare USC a little bit and then down the road in a bowl game. Number one. And the number one thing that could help the Irish offense have success against Navy, well, I'm going to keep it simple. Be ready, play number one. The letdown factor is a major concern going into this game. You have won against Clemson. You beat a top five team. All the excitement before, during, and after the game at Notre Dame Stadium. Everybody's patting you on the back. You're in the college football playoff rankings at number 20. You're back in the AP and the coaches poll. Everybody loves Notre Dame right now. This is one of those tricky games. It's Navy. It's sandwiched in between Clemson and Senior Day at Notre Dame Stadium next Saturday against Boston College. Notre Dame's not going to lose this game, but I just worry in the first quarter that the snooze button might be in effect. That's why I'm stressing for the offense, play number one, be ready. Could have limited possessions in this game. Every possession matters. So I beg you, offense, play number one, execute at a high level, get the lead, force Navy to play from behind, and then you force them to play left-handed because if they're going to try to catch up in this game, they may have to throw a whole lot more than they want to. That's the My 5 question of the day. Five things for the Irish offense against Navy on Saturday. More football talk next. Notre Dame opponent rankings is coming up. We've got a basketball segment coming up. You'll hear from Cormac Ryan and Marcus Hammond as the Irish get set to open their regular season tonight against Redford. Here the game on our sister station, 96-1 the ton, 730 pregame. And at 640, the ACC Women's Soccer Coach of the Year, Notre Dame's Nate Norman will join the program live to discuss the Irish being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they host Omaha on Saturday at Alumni Stadium. That's coming up next. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Twelve minutes after six o'clock, hour number two of Budweiser's weekday sports feed on WSBT Radio. In 30 minutes, Notre Dame women's soccer coach Nate Norman joins the program live. The Irish, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they play at home on Saturday at two o'clock against Omaha. So we'll hear from Coach Norman in about 30 minutes here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. But right now, Notre Dame opponents on the regular season schedule, how are they faring? 
Yeah, there's a lot of ugliness, but let's go through it. We've also been able to rank these teams from 12 to 1, just like any old poll. So let's get things started. For the second straight week, the worst team on the Irish schedule, in my opinion, ranked number 12, the UNLV Rebels, who are 4-5, and five, lost a close game to San Diego State last Saturday, 14-10. to 10. They will play tomorrow against Fresno State at 10-30. Number 11 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, the Irish opponent on Saturday, the United States Naval Academy. Most of the season, they were number 12. They've been now number 11, two straight weeks. The midshipmen are 3-6, and six, just not capable of running the football as electrically as they have in the past. They've been down for a couple of years. Last Saturday, they lost at Cincinnati 20-10 in that game. The middies, 53 carries for 176 yards, just 3.3 yards per carry, and a touchdown. Up next for Navy, after playing the Irish, they'll go down to Central Florida next Saturday. Number 10 in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. The California Golden Bears, they are 3-6. They have now lost five consecutive games. But their fifth consecutive loss was highly competitive. California went to the Coliseum, and USC's defense allowed a pretty poor offense to put up a lot of points. The final score from the Coliseum last Saturday night, USC 41, California 35. So the Bears will look to snap their five-game losing streak when they play at Oregon State Saturday night at 9 o'clock. This is our Notre Dame opponent rankings on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We move up to number nine and... You could probably make an argument they should be lower, but then you look at some of the teams below them, and it's like there's a lot of bad football being played. Boston College is number nine. They are two and seven. They were number eight. They dropped down a spot in this week's rankings. Without Phil Dracovic, who had a knee injury, last Friday, Boston College lost at home to Mike Elko and the Duke Blue Devils 38-31. A lot of points for BC. They have been really scuffling on offense. Their offensive line play, not bueno. It'll be Boston College in Raleigh to take on North Carolina State this Saturday at 3.30. So it looks like BC will be 2-8 coming to Notre Dame Stadium. Number eight in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, up three spots, Marshall. The Thundering Herd are now 5-4. They had a nice win in the Sun Belt over a decent Old Dominion team, 12-0. They changed quarterbacks a couple of weeks ago. Back over the 500 mark, and they will host App State this Saturday at 3.30. The App State quarterback is hurt, so App State only a one-point favorite at Marshall. Next up in our Notre Dame opponent rankings, Team number seven, and it's the Stanford Cardinal. And I think we all agree they're not a very good football team. They're three and six, but again, who do you put ahead of Stanford from Marshall, BC, Cal, Navy, and UNLV? So Stanford's number seven. 
They lost to Washington State last Saturday, and it was not close from the get-go. The Cougars routed Stanford 52-14. Stanford preparing to fall to 3-7 because they go to Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Utes Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Speaking of the back end of the Irish opponent rankings featuring some bad football teams, at number six is five and five, BYU. They halted a four-game losing streak by winning on the blue turf, beating the Boise State Broncos last week, 31-28. BYU probably is putting in extra time to prepare for this week's opponent. This is a biggie. BYU is hosting Utah Tech. Raise your hand if you have ever heard of Utah Tech. Scream if you graduated from Utah Tech. It's a 3.30 kickoff at BYU for that colossal matchup. BYU number six. All right, now let's get to the top five in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. At number five is a football team that has lost three consecutive games. Is anybody playing good right now on the Notre Dame schedule? Syracuse started 6-0. They were about 20 minutes away from going 7-0. Up 21-10 in the third quarter at Clemson a couple of weeks ago, but it has been downhill ever since. They blow the game against Clemson. They get blown out at home by the Fighting Irish. And last week, once again, without their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, the backup didn't look so hot against Pittsburgh. Final score from Pittsburgh, the Panthers 19, the Orange 9. In that game, the great Syracuse running back, Sean Tucker, held to 19 rushing yards. Syracuse will look to halt that three-game slide. They will host the Florida State Seminoles Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Here's a team that's playing good football right now. The North Carolina Tar Heels out of the ACC. North Carolina has lost one game this year. And they look bad against Notre Dame. Credit to the Irish for making them look bad. But since losing to the Irish in Chapel Hill, Mac Brown's team has reeled off five consecutive victories. Not beautiful. They barely beat Duke on the road. And last Saturday, they barely beat Virginia in Charlottesville. But it's a win, 31-28. Carolina now 8-1 in that win over the Cavaliers. Their great-looking quarterback, Drake May, 293 passing yards, two touchdowns. He ran the ball 16 times for 74 yards. Up next for the Tar Heels. Interesting ball game at Wake Forest Saturday night. At 7.30, is the over-under 80 for that game? Might end up close to that. Now to the top three in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, dropping down one spot to number three, the Clemson Tigers. They did not look good last Saturday, and again, credit to the Irish for making them look like a team that maybe shouldn't be ranked in the top 25. Clemson was 8-0 coming to South Bend. Notre Dame ran them over 35-14. It's going to be really interesting to see what Clemson's offense looks like this week against Louisville, 
What will the quarterback play look like after a dismal performance in South Bend? Will they give Will Shipley the ball more, just 12 rushes against the Irish? Five catches for 17 yards. Boy, the Irish did a great job bottling him up in the pass game. Clemson favored by seven against the Cardinals, but it's hard to have a lot of confidence in Clemson after that performance last week. The offensive game plan was a bit puzzling. And the fact that Clemson physically could not match up to Notre Dame is a really interesting development. Now, they play that speedy Louisville offense. We'll see how they hold up, but I don't know what to expect from Clemson this week. They host Louisville at 3.30. Sounds like they're wearing the purple jerseys against the Cardinals. Number two in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. The USC Trojans, despite not playing a great defensive game, I got to move them up to number two, jumping Clemson. USC 8-1, again, they beat Cal, not in impressive fashion, 41-35. Trojans favored by 34 against Colorado tomorrow night at 9.30 after, more than likely, beating the Buffaloes. USC's last two games, as they try to get into the playoff mix, They'll go to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena to take on number 12, UCLA. And then a little matchup at the Coliseum with Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish. Notre Dame might have a chance to knock USC out of the playoff picture in that game at the Coliseum. So USC number two this week. And last but not least, still number one, But, boy, was that a puzzling performance last Saturday in Evanston. The Ohio State Buckeyes are 9-0 in the rain and the wind of Evanston. They were down 7-0 to a team that had lost seven straight games, Northwestern. Late in the first half, the Buckeyes couldn't get anything going. They finally scored before halftime to tie it at 7. A couple of touchdowns in the second half. C.J. Stroud throws for less than 100 yards, but the Buckeyes survive in advance. They beat the Wildcats 21-7. Sounds like it's going to be a little windy once again in Columbus for a noon kickoff as Ohio State takes on Indiana. The Buckeyes favored by a 40-burger over the Hoosiers. I have a feeling Mr. Stroud might come out with a purpose in that ball game against Indiana. So there you go, the top five in this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. Syracuse lost three in a row. They're six and three. They come in at number five. Carolina's won five in a row to get to eight and one. Tar Heels number four. Clemson drops the spot to number three after that 21-point loss to Notre Dame. USC eh, against Cal, but we move them up after that Clemson performance was icky. USC at 8-1, they're number two, and 9-0, Ohio State is number one. 6.24 is our time. Coming up next, a preview of the Notre Dame basketball opener against Radford. You'll hear from Cormac Ryan, Marcus Hammond, and Irish head coach Mike Bray. We'll talk some Irish hoops next. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. 
629 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Normally, you hear Irish basketball on this station, but for tonight only, Notre Dame basketball shifting to 96.1 FM. The Irish and Radford tonight, 7.30 pregame. Opening tip at 8 o'clock from Purcell Pavilion right here on WSBT Radio. We have the Marcus Freeman Show at 7 o'clock at 8 o'clock. Thursday night NFL from Westwood One. The Atlanta Falcons visiting the Carolina Panthers right here on WSBT Radio. Well, the college basketball season started on Monday. There are over 120 games on Monday. The Irish will open up tonight. Their first game against the Highlanders from Radford. Radford played Marquette very tough in Milwaukee on Monday. I looked at the score at one point. It was a three-point game in the second half before Marquette walked away with a 79-69 victory over Radford. The expectation tonight, tonight, the Irish will start J.J. Starling, Cormac Ryan, Nate Lashevsky, Dane Goodwin, and Trey Wirtz will enter the starting lineup because Marcus Hammond suffered an MCL injury. Looks like he'll be out a week, according to Fighting Irish head coach Mike Bray. That's probably going to shorten the bench a little bit. Van Allen, Lubin, the big guy, the freshman, we'll see playing time tonight, and we'll see who might be that seventh man for the Fighting Irish tonight. Well, Notre Dame has played that what everybody calls the secret scrimmage before the season starts. That was against DePaul, and the Irish did not have Lashevsky and Lubin playing in that game. And the Irish also played that game against the school from Louisiana last week, their lone exhibition game. And after that exhibition game in which, hey, they were in a pretty good tussle with a very good team from Louisiana, The Irish, of course, trying to shake off the cobwebs, get started on a brand-new season. Here's what head coach Mike Bray had to say, what he has learned so far about his team from that DePaul game and the exhibition game. I mean, mean, we we really do share it and move it and pass well. Um, The two teams we played, DePaul and these guys, you really can't run much – uh, predictable movement offense, even sets, because they're just running, trapping, they're scrambling you. And so basically, we, you know, you're in, and now they're Florida stating you, you know, where you got to bump somebody off, throw back, and try and play four on three on the other side. I thought Trey Words did a fabulous job of that. Marcus got better at it. Even JJ made, JJ made some good decisions when he was double teamed. I thought he was really good. And that's kind of the book on us through the years. Come out, rattle them, ball pressure them, trap them, and then can we make enough passes? And then you leave guys open, can we make enough threes where we make you, make you pay? Um, uh, so uh, both teams were great in that. Both of these were great because they just dogged us. And then they were up on the backboard and scrambling you. And um, we'll, we'll see a lot of that. Probably starting Thursday. In that exhibition game, the Irish won 67-52, but they were out-rebounded 46-33. In that game, Marcus Hammond, the new guard, had seven rebounds. Again, he won't play tonight due to the knee injury. Really, Dane Goodwin came through for the Fighting Irish when they needed help offensively. He had 21 points and 10 rebounds, 6 of 14 from the field, 8 of 8 
from the free throw line. Notre Dame didn't shoot at their best in that exhibition game. 41% from the field, 7 of 26 from 3 for 26.9%. Well, the guy they're going to count on for knocking down shots from beyond the three-point line, Cormac Ryan. Remember how he got hot in the NCAA tournament last March Madness? It was a lot of fun to watch, and I had the chance to catch up with Cormac recently to talk about, well, that March Madness run and also getting ready for this brand-new campaign. Cormac, just take me back for a moment to last March, being a part of March Madness again, having a couple of huge shooting games. What was that like individually to be in that particular moment and helping your team have success? Uh, yeah, it was a great feeling. Um, you know, obviously being able to show up in big moments, uh, especially kind of when the team needed it most, was, you know, that's what you live for. It's kind of why you do it. Um, individually, it felt great, but honestly, it was even better that, you know, we were win- winning games. Um, and so I think it's time, you know, for us to kind of move past that. And it was, it was a, a great, you know, we had a great season last year. We still think we could have had a better season, and I think it's time for us to kind of turn our focus to this season and, and making sure that we get back, back to that. Did you- How did those moments change your expectations for this year? I wouldn't say they changed it. I think it's kind of just uh, it kind of confirmed what we knew already about this group, how good we were. Um, you know, especially the seniors. We've been playing together for a long time. Um, and we've seen each other day in and day out, and we know the talent we have on this team. And so, you know, I think seeing us in action, being able to make the tournament, make a little run, um, you know, it's just it kind of confirmed what we knew all along. And so we're ready to kind of run it back and, and make sure that we put ourselves in the position to make another run. You know so many of the guys on this team. As you mentioned, you've played so much together. Now you're adding in some new pieces. How has that gelled early on in the season? It's honestly, you know, from day one, we felt like we had good chemistry and you know coach does a great job recruiting guys who fit our system our brand of basketball our style of play um so we've kind of flowed from from really day one and so i think you know integrating the new guys uh has been pretty seamless and you know they're fitting right in and and they're going to help us a lot this year specifically what have you seen from jj so far jj's really talented you know there's a reason why he was very highly touted and um, you know he's young he's athletic he can make plays and you know above all you know he fits the way we play um, which is important you know he fits kind of our style of play he shares it he plays the right way and you know that's extremely important for his success and for our success. I'm wondering going into that secret scrimmage against DePaul on Sunday what are you hoping to find out about your basketball team that maybe you haven't uncovered yet playing against each other? I think just uh, you know learning how we're how we're flowing offensively and defensively. You know we, when you play each other in practice, it gets a little predictable. You know you can try and switch it up, but you know you kind of know guys' tendencies and what we're running. Um, and so I think playing against a live, you know, kind of doing it live, playing against new people, you know, seeing what they throw at you, seeing how you handle it. Um, it'll be a, a good test for us, and you know, especially with some of the new guys and kind of getting under the whistle and, and playing it in a game situation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Some of the comments of Cormac Ryan caught up with him just a little over a week ago, and now the Irish ready for that regular season opener tonight against Radford. Tickets are available, 8 o'clock tip at Purcell Pavilion. Again, the broadcast will switch for one night only to 96-1 the ton here are the pregame with Tony Simeone at 7.30, and the game begins at 8 o'clock.
a timeout. When we come back, we're going to hear from Notre Dame women's soccer coach Nate Norman. The Irish are a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they're going to be playing on the campus of the University of Notre Dame this weekend. Details on how you can catch the Irish in the postseason coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960. E.T. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 640 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Busy, busy weekend. Notre Dame football in Baltimore. The Irish hockey team hosting Michigan Friday and Saturday. And the Notre Dame women's soccer team hosting NCAA tournament first round action Saturday at 2 o'clock at Alumni Stadium. The Fighting Irish will take on Omaha, and this Notre Dame women's soccer team is a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Joining me right now is the ACC Coach of the Year and the head coach of the Fighting Irish, Nate Norman. Coach, pleasure to be with you. How are you tonight? Doing well, doing well. Excited for Saturday. You better believe it. Congratulations on a great regular season, and the Irish are in the NCAA tournament for the 28th time in 30 years, three-time national champions. I know it's always a goal at the start of the year to make the NCAA tournament, but I'm sure there are goals that go beyond that. Just how proud of you, of your soccer team, to get to this stage of their goals? Yeah, I mean, I think we, yeah, it's, it's been a great season. They've done a tremendous job. Um, we have a really talented group, and um, I'm just, I think it's, you know, getting get that number one seed is super important, be able to stay home through the, the course of the, the NSA tournament until the Final Four, and having those, those chances to get those wins at home are such an advantage. So, um, super proud of them. I'm glad they got re- reward with that number one seed, and I think it shows all the, all the work that they, they did over the last spring and the summer going into the, the fall. That, that definitely paid off. Coach, being a number one seed, that means you have a chance to stay at home for a few games. Can weather be a determining factor in these NCAA tournament games? Your young ladies are used to the weather. There are some teams from outside this area that may not be used to some snowflakes in the air. Yeah, I mean, we we love it. We'll embrace any any weather. <laughs> Obviously, in the Midwest in November, you can get anything. So rain, snow sunshine, whatever, we'll go out and do it. And, um, you know, if they're coming from a different part of the country, then they they got to deal with it. You have two high-end offensive players that have received all ACC status in Corbin Albert and Olivia Wingate. How important are those two players to your offense? Yeah, I mean, those, those two have been absolutely amazing. Olivia is like, she is the most um, dynamic, athletic, fast, um, I mean, attacking player I think I've ever coached in terms of just her ability to run at players and get in be, and get in behind. Like it is, it is really amazing to watch her stretch back lines. Like her speed is second to none. And then Corbin, like her ability on the ball. Um, I mean, it, she is she is incredible to watch. Like if you just want to come out and watch from pure in entertainment and enjoyment, um, what what she can do on the ball by dribbling past people, by creating her own shots. I mean those. Those two um, are super dynamic together because you have Liv that has all the pace that wants to get in behind you and then, um, you know, with, with her pace. And then you have Corbin who can, you know, receive the ball to her feet and, and, and really dribble at you and take you on in 1v1 situation. So it's just a, it's just a lot for opposing defenses to be able to, have, to, to handle. 
Coach, I call the Irish hockey game, so I'm wondering if there's a parallel here. Sometimes in hockey, when you have the lead in the third period, the opposition will be pushing, their defensemen will try to get involved in the offense, and that leads to odd man rushes coming the other way. Your team has outscored the opposition 31-8 to in second halves this year. Does some of that have to do with having the lead and the opposition having to try to push the envelope and you take advantage in transition? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I think, um, you know, we, we have so, such dynamic attacking players like with, with Liv, with, with Corbin, and there's, there's a few others, Matty Mercado, Kiki Van Zanten. Um, you know, we, we just have such options that as that game wears on and they have to expose themselves, mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the field opens up for those players and they can, um, you know, really be dangerous. But I also think just like from our mentality, when we go up by goals, we don't want to sit back. Like, we just, we just want to keep going and scoring more and more goals. Nate Norman, head coach of the Irish women's soccer team, my guest on WSBT Radio, defender of the year of the ACC, Ava Gattino. What makes her such a quality defender? She's just solid in every area. I mean, she's uh, she's about six foot one, so she is, you know, very, very strong in the air. Um, so it's hard for anybody to get, you know, score goals or create chances off us from crosses, um, set pieces. Uh, she's very steady on the ball. Like she's she's a great connector out of the back. She has a great range of pass, and um, you know she she also is a very athletic player. So um, she, she's great in one v one situations. She's strong. She she wins her tackles, um, and she's just a great leader back there with her communication and organizing everybody in front of her. Well, we always enjoy watching Notre Dame win. It's also more fun when we have local players involved on these Notre Dame teams. And you've got Mackenzie Wood from Penn High School and and Granger, Indiana, a key part of your soccer team. Just give us a little details on how her season has unfolded. Yeah, I mean, Z's done amazing so far. She, um, you know, she came in, um, you know, and and we, we have we have three really good goalkeepers. Um, but we had, we had two that were split in time, um, you know, early on with, with Mackenzie Wood and Ashley Naylor. And as the season wore on, um, Mackenzie Wood just really got into a, to a really good rhythm and, um, and, and her confidence grew and her ability to really connect with our back line and communicate and feel comfortable back there. And we, we've gone with her down the stretch and um, it's just added a second layer of just confidence and protection back there. And she just brings a ton of experience from her time at Northwestern and, you know, we're super excited to be able to have her back at back playing in her hometown and um, doing, doing, doing well for us. And I, hopefully this is a special time for her, too, because um, she's she's just added so much to our team this season. Coach, I have to admit, years and years, we had the opportunity to talk to Bobby Clark on this program, and I learned a lot about soccer and had a lot of laughs along the way. He was such mm-hmm. a great personality. He was your coach at the University of Notre Dame. Is there a little yeah. bit of Coach Clark in you as a coach? I mean, he's, he's the best. I mean, he's, uh, he's a wonderful coach, but he's a, he's a better person, um, you know, and just really cared about and took care of his players. I felt like he just made every player, regardless of where you kind of fit on the team, you know, feel really important and special. And I think he just had that gift. And, um, you know, it's something I always try to do with our players is, you know, regardless of where they're on the team, make sure they, you know, they, they know what the role is, but they know how important and crucial, crucial their role is. And, um, I mean, I don't think I'd be a coach, you know, if I wasn't coached by someone like mm. him because he just he inspired me and he helped me. And I had tough times during during my times at college. And instead of just kicking me to the curb, like he, you know, would go down the depths with me and help mm. me through those and help me grow. And, um, you know, and just, uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about him. And 
um, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of things that I try to do to, to emulate him because he's, he, he, he's, he's certainly the best. Mm, well said. So, Coach, you entered the NCAA tournament. You're a number one seed. People know about Notre Dame women's soccer across the country. You're always going to be a favorite in the NCAA tournament. What is it going to take for your team to continue to advance in this NCAA tournament? I think for us it's just focusing on what makes us really, really great and just being able to be task oriented and focus on those tasks, not worry about all the external stuff that's going on and going into each game and um, just doing, doing what makes us great and, you know, staying true to our identities. Well, the Irish women's soccer team will take on Omaha Saturday at two o'clock at alumni stadium. You can purchase tickets already at UND.com slash buy tickets or Beginning at 1 o'clock, an hour before the contest, you can buy tickets at the Alumni Stadium box office. $8 for public, only $3 for the youth. And I'm sure, Coach, you would love to have that stadium filled for this postseason game. Yes, I would love any Anybody in town that can get out there, we would love to have you out there. It's a talented, wonderful group of women that um, are really fun to watch. So um, if you're not doing anything at Saturday at 2, make sure you make it out to, to, to Alumni Stadium. Coach, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, and best of luck to your soccer team this weekend and throughout the NCAA tournament, and hopefully we can talk to you again about another home game very, very soon. Sounds good. I'll look forward to it. Thank you so much for, for letting me have the time to be on here. Absolutely. Anytime, Coach. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. That is Notre Dame women's soccer coach, the ACC Coach of the Year, Nate Norman again, the Irish versus Omaha, Saturday at 2 o'clock at Alumni Stadium, und.com slash buy tickets. You can get the tickets right now or starting at 1 o'clock on Saturday at the Alumni Stadium ticket office. All right, your time is now 6.50 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 